Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's a very special morning. Uh, welcome to Yom Kippur. Uh, we are now just entering Yom Kippur today. And tomorrow, the 27th and the 28th, uh, is a special time. These are called days of repentance, uh, days of, um, of uh, making things right with the Almighty. And we are celebrating that together as a church. Um, this is something that's important to God. These, again, these are keeping the feasts of God. So it's very important to the king that we do that. So welcome. You are now completing eight days. Complete. Amen. Now we're in the ninth day, and the tenth day will be tomorrow. And we thank God for that. Somebody say amen and amen. Um, I want to just say this on the onset. There, years ago, we had um, one of our... Um, people that we've had in years ago um, on a consistent basis was Dr. Bill Winston. How many was here when we had Dr. Bill Winston in the house? Had him here many times. Many of you weren't here during those days. And uh, Jesse DePlantis. Somebody's ever heard of Jesse DePlantis? He's a friend of ours. We love him so very much. And he was here on several different occasions. And we're going to have him back. We have them both back. They're great ministers. And um, Dr. Bill Winston was here and uh, he told this story. And the story was incredible because it really went into um, and to what I want to talk about today. And that is about sowing a seed, sowing a seed. Now, this is important because every single person, every one of us had that potential ability. He said there was a guy that, was, that used to watch him on television. And he was, in fact, one of those guys that were just sort of, um, uh, he didn't have a lot of education. He was actually in the prison system for many years. And so he didn't have a lot of things that he could actually you know, able to uh, put together and, and, and do on his own. He couldn't get hired. And so he made the decision that he'd become entrepreneurial. So he was going to start a lawn care business. And he was putting together the, the words that, that, that Bill Winston was preaching about sowing seeds, walking by faith, not by sight. The things that we teach and preach here at Faith Builders. And, um, and he said, I've got to learn to become a tither and offer. So he said, when I made my first check, when I got out of prison, he said, I, I, I gave my tithe and I gave my, my offering. And every single week, I wouldn't miss a beat. He said, I needed that money, but I wouldn't miss a beat. And um, so he, he started doing that. And he starts his lawn care business with one lawnmower. Some might just say he's just clipping somebody's lawn, you know, mowing somebody's lawn. Not even a business, but that's what he was doing. He was making $20 here and $15 there and so on. Next thing you know, he's confessing the word of God. He's speaking the word of God. He continues to sow his seed. And he's believing God for to have his business completely out of debt. He's believing God for a home. He's believing God for a car. All the things we want in life, completely debt free. Next thing you know... He starts getting so much business, he's got to get a second person to help mow lawns and rake and so on. So he gets another lawnmower. He gets another person to mow lawns. And now he's in this business. It begins to grow. And within a couple years, he's got now 10 employees. Now he's got, a, uh, he's got, uh, he's got trucks with his name on the side of it. He's got, uh, he's got his U-Haul, uh, the thing that you travel with the trailer in the back, with all of his equipment in there going all over the city. He's, been, he's, he's one of those uh, people that are doing an incredible job. And so he's being talked about by other people, getting hired left and right. He now purchases his own home. So he goes up, and he goes up to Bill Winston and says, I got a testimony to share. It was on testimony night. And he says, all right. He said, I put together all the principles that you taught me and about sowing and confessing the word of God and walking by faith and not by sight, believing God for debt freedom and all that stuff. And he said, and so uh, I want to testify that God did it for me. And he says, here I am. I got no education. I'm out of the prison system. Nobody's going to hire me. I got my own business. Everybody's like, wow. 
He said, yeah, I got my own lawn care business. He said, I got all these employees. He said, and I just bought myself a house. And he said, I paid for it cash. It's got five bedrooms. It's got three garages. It's got a nice big backyard. He said, I have not one car, but I've got two cars. He said, I've got all the, he said, I've got, he said, I not got one car, I got two cars, and I got a jacuzzi. He meant to say jacuzzi. He couldn't say it right, but he owned it. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. And I've never forgotten that the rest of my life. You know, you may not be able to spell right or say right. You may not have a good education. But if you put the word of God to work for you. Y'all going to sit there? Are you going to get happy about the fact that God only requires you to walk by faith and not by sight? And you can turn your whole life around. Come on. Everybody say, little is much when you put it in the hands of God. You give him two fish and five loaves, he feeds a multitude. You give him six pots of water, he gives you the choicest wine. You give him the first fish that you catch, he gives you enough gold to pay your taxes. You give him your obedience, and he will give you the kingdom. Somebody say amen. The title of my message this morning is What Do You Have? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we give you praise and glory and honor for all those that are watching us, Lord God, and those that are in this room today. We give you praise and honor and glory, Lord God, that you will have your way on Yom Kippur. I wish more people would have been here today, Lord God. I wish more people would actually watch us online, Lord God, because I want you to be honored fully, Lord God. This is not a time to play games. You're actually doing something, Lord God. This is an exciting moment in time, Lord God. Help us, Lord God. Get the blinders off our, our eyes. Let us see this word today, the revelation, the truth of it, Lord God, that it will set us free in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we give you praise and glory and honor. Somebody say amen and amen. Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17 and verse 5 says this, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, uh, you can say this mulberry tree, a mulberry tree. This is important to remember. Be pulled up by the roots and be planted into the sea, and it would obey you. In other words, mulberry trees don't grow in the sea. So what's impossible can become possible. Mulberry trees don't grow in the sea, neither does the hurting heal or the despondent deliver. But if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will see impossibility become reality right before your very eyes. And church, little becomes much when you put it in the hands of God. When you entrust God with what you actually have, he said all you have to have is faith the size of a mustard seed. I wish I could get some Holy Ghost help in this house today. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. It's time to hear the word of the Lord. Are you all ready for this today? Now, you have to excuse me because I expected way more anticipation and expectation. We've been fasting. We've been believing. We've been asking God to do things. I've been on every single night at 8 o'clock. I want to talk to somebody that's ready to stand up and be heard and declare the word of the Lord and get the promise of God to come to pass. Do we got some shouting, amening people in the house today? And some of you won't even clap. 
Must be visitors. I love you too. Amen. You don't understand yet, but you'll get there. This is important. This has been the story of this church from its inception. We started this whole thing called Faith Builders on a little tiny credit card that we had a little bit of room left on. Everything else was charged to the max. And uh, we had a little room to start this church on a credit card, and yet God has done great things. We, we, we didn't even know that God was actually setting us up with somebody. This is so important to me because, because of what, how God set it up as supernatural. And there was somebody that heard about us starting a church in Milwaukee. We hadn't come yet. We just kind of just beginning to get the lay of the land. And uh, this was in 1999. And, um, and so here we are, this young couple, you know, got stars in our eyes, believing God for great things. But we didn't have the connections. We didn't know the people. We didn't even know the city. And we certainly didn't have the money. And one gentleman found out, don't know who he is, not quite sure how he found out about us, but got our information and started to write a check every single week. We had a little P.O. box, and he took that check, and he put it in the P.O. box. And, uh, and every week he supported the ministry about $150 to $200 every single week. You know, that's a lot of money when you don't have any money, praise God. And we didn't have a church yet. We hadn't even started the ministry yet. We were just planning in the planning stages. And every single time we got that check, he wrote in the memo, uh, the Milwaukee Miracle, the Milwaukee Miracle. Now, again, I don't know who this man was. We, I, I, I talked to him a couple times on the telephone, uh, kind of a mysterious guy. Didn't give me a lot of information, praise God, but his, his checks did cash, praise God. And so we were happy about that. And so we had a little money with that and, of course, the little room on our credit card, and that's how we started our church. And the very first day we opened up, uh, we thought he'd show up, and the man never showed up. And to this day, we don't know who he is, never saw him, never met him, and, um, and yet he continued to support the ministry for a little while even afterwards. We praise God for that. God was showing us that it was a miracle taking place, a true Milwaukee miracle. Our um, first production that we did called Heartbreak Hotel was a true miracle. We did it within about seven, eight months old as a church with about 25, 30 people in our church, and we put on a whole production, and we saw hundreds of people, 300 people in that first production come to Jesus Christ. Second Kings chapter 4. A certain woman of the wives, the sons, the prophets, cried out to Elisha. This woman was not just an ordinary woman. She was a certain woman. Okay? She was a certain woman. And the Bible says that she cried out um, to Elijah because her husband was one of the sons of the prophets. So she wasn't just a, a certain woman. She was a church woman. She was one that knew God. And Elisha said, your servant, my husband, is dead. Watch this. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in the house? Look at your neighbor and say, what do you have? Church, that's our problem. We're looking at what we don't have rather than what we do have. Faith always sees the potential in what we do have. And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. What is that? What is a jar of oil compared to? to the monumental debt that she has. What is a jar of oil compared about this, this fear that has gripped her 
that's trying to take her down and her children into debtor's prison. You know, a mother and her kids, she just lost her husband. She doesn't need to lose her sons, too, for something that her husband probably should have prepared for a little better but did not prepare for. And, and now she's caught in this trap of fearing, fearing that at any moment my children and everything I own could be taken away from you. So what is a little tiny jar of oil compared to the monumental deal and things I'm going through in my life. And then he said, this is what Elisha said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. In other words, he's saying to her, I'm, I'm about to show you how you're going to get out of your problem, but the first thing you've got to do is there's, there needs to be an act of faith. Everybody say faith. Faith is what God requires for miracles and breakthroughs to happen. So she said, so he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. Don't borrow just a few. Go get as many as you possibly can. Empty vessels. I'm sure she'd rather knock on doors and got the full ones. I like the full vessels, right? That might help me a little bit better. But the empty vessels? But she goes and does this. And now watch this. He begins to prophesy to her. Now he's being a prophet. Now he's being prophetic. He says, do not gather just a few. Do not gather just a few. If you're going to use your faith, get out there with your faith and believe God like you've never believed him before. He's prophesying to her. He's building up her faith. And this is what he says. He prophesies. And when you come in, you shall shut your door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. He's prophesying her future. I know it looks bleak. I know it looks like there's no way, but let me prophesy over you this morning. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. This is what God does. Don't go out there in just a little faith. Go out there with great faith. Go out there with much faith and believe God that he's about to turn your situation around. And God is about to turn your situation around, my situation around, America's situation around. This is going to happen. He's prophesying and said, and you're going to fill them up. Why do we know that? Because it says, and set aside the full ones. In other words, there's a miracle coming to your house. I said, there's a miracle coming to your house. And you watch me right now, there's a miracle coming to your house as well. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. The miracle took place. But she said, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. In other words, church, your miracle is as big as your expectancy can carry. And then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. How many is ready for that kind of breakthrough and miracle in your life. Somebody say amen. The man of God asked her, what do you have? What is it that you can offer God? Quit looking at what you don't have. The first thing she says, I've got nothing. And then she recognizes, oh, but I do have a jar of oil. But again, in her mind, it seems so insignificant. But that's not what the man of God asked. He says, what do you have? This woman had been through that house with a fine-tooth comb, and she literally came up with nothing. Be careful when you say you have nothing. 
It's not that you have nothing. It's that what you do have, you've labeled as not enough to fix your problem or help your situation. God does not require that you have what it takes, but he does require that you take what you have and trust him with it. Somebody say amen. I'm preaching real good right now. Let me ask you, how can two people who ain't got no laboratory, no scientific education, no biological training, no DNA understanding, no money, no house, no job, and no common sense get together and make a baby? Something so detailed, something so miraculous as making a child but have no education, but they can still do it. Why? Because a seed is all you need. Look at your neighbor and say, just plant a seed. The word of God tells us God will not be mocked whatsoever man sows. That, that, whatever he sows, that is what he shall reap. You sow a smile, you get a smile harvest. You sow a hug, you sow a hug, you get a hug harvest. You sow a financial seed, you get a financial harvest. Somebody say, all I need is a seed. Church, it's not the seed you own, it's the seed that you sown that produces the harvest, that produces more than enough. When I was a kid, they used to, I don't know if they still do this anymore, but when I was a kid, I feel like it was more prevalent back in those days. And, and, then, and you'd have some, some mamas or something like that or a grandmother that would be, uh, they'd always plant in the springtime and they'd plant their tomato plants or they'd plant their, their cucumbers or their squash or, or, you know, whatever they wanted, peppers, whatever they liked, right? And they'd have a little garden. Back in the day, you used to see gardens everywhere. When I was a kid running around, there was always somebody in the garden. That meant you get to eat all summer long, praise God. You weren't supposed to eat it, but amen. We were thieves back then. We were hungry. Hallelujah. And so, and so we, 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 we saw this all the time. And, and you would go through and you would see either it was a plant or, or garden. And you walk through there and you would see the seed packets. And the seed packets, like tomatoes, would have the tomato seeds inside. And then what they would do, y'all don't probably remember this, they put a stake in the ground. And they'd take that seed packet and turn it upside down where it was open and stick it on top of that stake. I remember seeing that before. And that let them know that in that area is where the tomatoes were going to come up or the cucumbers were going to come up or the squash was going to come up or the peppers were going to come up. Amen. You could what? You could plant a seed and you knew the potential of where the seed was going to come up and what was actually going to come up out of that ground. And it had a picture. So you could actually see a picture. So when you planted the seed, there was an expectation of what was in that picture. Y'all don't hear me. I wonder if we got some people that got some vision in the house today. You got a picture down up in your soul, and you know God's about to give you something. You ain't got the proof of it yet, but you got some seed in the ground. I don't know how it works. I don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out, or whatever they call them, horticulturalists, or whatever they want to call them. <laughs> I'm not a garden guy, right? But I do know this. If you plant the seed, whatever that seed is, that you shall also reap. Amen. I want to shift gears for just a second here. There was a man, well, Jesus told this parable. And in the parable, um, he talks about a man 
that was going to go away for a while. He was a ruler, and he had three servants. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And he said, uh, I'm going to go away for a while. You do what you need to do. And so he goes away, comes back, and the one with five talents, money, income, came back and said, glad to see you, sir. He says, and guess what? He said, the, 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 the five talents you gave me, I went and I we did some business deals and, and I gained five more also. So I'm going to give back to your 10 talents. He said, wow, you did incredible. Enter into my joy. Enter my rest. You've been, you've been faithful over a little. I'm going to make you faithful over much. And he got a promotion. Guy with two talents comes back. He said, I did the same. And I wouldn't invest in and therefore, I've got you four talents. He said, wow, again, you were incredible. You did incredible. This is so good, so wise of you. He said, now, therefore, I'm going to promote you, make you ruler over much. The last one, he had one talent. And he goes to him, he said, look, I knew you were kind of a hard man, and I know you don't like to lose. You're a great, strong businessman. You're strategic. You don't like to lose money. And I was afraid that I might lose the money. So I went and I hid it. So when you return, I'd have it for you. So here it is. He's excited. Here it is. And he said, you wicked and lazy servant, I gave you the money. You could at least put it in the bank and made a little interest on it. But because you showed no faith, no action toward the talent I've given you, he said, you have to depart from me into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Strong story, strong parable from the Lord. But it is a significant truth in our lives. If you lord it, if you lord it, you'll hoard it. But if you plant it, he'll grant it. Somebody say amen. My job is to invest in what God tells me to invest in. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this. this. That's why Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Men will give to you. He's giving us the secret of life that if you keep what you have, you're going to have only what you have and no more. And you could lose it all like this man did in the parable. But if you will take it and by faith work it, he said, you're going to be a blessing. It's going to multiply in your life, multiply in the kingdom of God. So if you want a life of plenty, you need to build a culture of sowing in your life. My wife and I have made a determination in the last few weeks. We're going to sow more than we've ever sowed in our entire lives. We're going to do it for the little, the great, doesn't matter, whatever God says. We're going to be obedient to it. Why? Because we're understanding. We've got to build this culture again. We've got to get that culture going again. Because God is about to do something significant and strategic. And I want to be a part of that. How about you? Look, what was the lesson that Jesus was teaching here through that parable? That sowing is investing with expectation of a return. It would be foolish for a farmer not to expect a harvest or a return on his harvest of what he sowed. He doesn't go, well, I hope for the best. He knows that if he works hard and puts that in the ground, he knows that he's going to return on his investment. But what is it that we're supposed to invest? What we have, church. We invest what we have. Not what we don't have, but what we do have. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. Psalms 23 says this in verse 1. And this is, by the way, David gushing over God. And, and he's yielding to him everything. He declares to him, you are my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his ways of doing and being right, 
His will on planet earth is what that means. If I do that, then all these other things I want in life will be added unto me. My job is to make God first place in my life. Not second, not third, not fourth, but number one. The Lord is my shepherd, and as long as he is in control of my life, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Here it is. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And look what he says he's going to invest in. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His investment with God is because I shall not want. And because you are my shepherd, the last part is I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right. So where was his investment? In the house of God. Or where, the, where we're supposed to put our investment? In the ministry of God on earth. Why? It's the assembling of God's people. It's where lives are transformed and forever changed. It's where we receive our marching orders from the Almighty. It's where we receive the vision that God has set forth for our city and the nation. It's where we have fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. With our brothers and sisters for sustained encouragement for the week. It's where the word of God is preached and our faith begins to get built. Where the, word, this is Bible, the Bible's talking about our, the house of God. It's where we're planted so we can bloom and flourish. It's where we have corporate worship and, and God inhabits our praises. It's where the power of God is released. One can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. It's where the river flows according to Jeremiah and we get swept away by the current of God's glory. It's where generations of our family members are blessed, healed, delivered, saved, restored, and encouraged. It's where our city has a place of focus where God can dwell. In other words, they may not know your name, may not know my name, but they know the name of faith builders or the local church. It's where God meets his people with angelic activity according to Jacob. Jacob's ladder. Come on, there was a heaven that was open and the angels ascended, descended. Where? In Bethel, the house of God. It's the place of prayer according to Jesus when he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And the church is what Jesus loves so much that he gave himself, his own life for her, according to Ephesians chapter 5. And also the church is where souls are saved and the believers edified, equipped, and encouraged. There's no greater investment than the house of God. I will tell you that my wife and I, we feel that this is a place of legacy. That we didn't build this church because we wanted to have a good church. We want to have a place where God could be honored and where generations could be honoring God throughout. Once we're gone off this planet, the next generation picks up right where we left off, and it's seamless. Where our children and our children's children, a legacy can go forth. How much interested in that? How can we do that unless if God's people take what they have, their time, their talent, treasure, and bury it? For what purpose? You take what you've been given by God, and you invest it in the kingdom of God, and then what happens? We build a legacy for our children, our children's children. And then God begins to bless our lives. Come on. 30, 60, and 100 fold. How many is ready for a 100 fold blessing? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. He who sows sparingly and, and, and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone. 
will also reap generously with blessings. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves. He takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. Somebody say Amen. God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always, under all circumstances, whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish an abundance for every good work and charitable donation. God said you are to be self-sufficient, which is this. It's what it means. Everything you need, you already possess. It's just in a seed form. It's the packet of tomato seeds. And the potential of a tomato harvest is in what? The planting of just one of those seeds. What do you have? Quit looking at what you don't have. When I was a kid, y'all don't want to hear this, but I was never broke. You must have had a lot of money. No. My dad was a truck driver. We didn't have a lot of money. I, 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 was, I never got an allowance ever in my life. My parents didn't believe in allowances. They believe in chores. I hate the word chore to this day. I despise the word chore. It just angers me and sends a chill down my spine. My mother would wake me up Saturday morning. Oh, she couldn't wait to. It's early in the morning, praise God. Throw up and open that little, she'd hit that thing, boy, that blind would go up, boy, make that noise. Rise and shine and give God the glory. And she'd do that little song and dance around my room. I wanted to, my, I, don't, I'm not just bad, I shouldn't have bad thoughts about your mother, but I wanted to kill her, praise God. Get out of my room. She goes, get up, boy, we're going to work today. I hated the word work, as, as a matter of fact, praise God. And then I don't know how your folks did it, but my folks said put a little elbow grease in it. I'm going to agree with that. Look at this, the young people don't know what I'm talking about. Elbow grease, that's what you used to say. It means get into it. You ain't working hard enough. You're doing a half job. Do a whole job. Do it right. I hated it, man. I never got paid nothing. But here's what my parents did for me. They taught me a valuable lesson. That if I was willing to work, I could get paid for what I worked for. So I had to go out and mow lawns, which I did. I went out. I never was broke. If I wanted money in my pocket... All I had to do, y'all don't want to hear this, because I know we live in a different world today. Most of y'all support me, though, in this, I think. If I wanted money in my pocket, I had to plant a seed called work. And if I was willing to plant the seed of some elbow grease, I would get paid at the end of the day for my worth. Amen. So I got myself, my buddy and I, we went into the lawn mowing business and we bought ourselves clippers. Now, this, we didn't have money to buy the engine. No. I'm talking about the clippers. The, you remember, we had to sharpen the blades. Again, some of y'all don't have a clue what I'm talking about. No motor. No motor. Clippers. And we, and we bought it. I think we could five bucks. So we split it. We, we went into the lawn mowing business. And so we, we knocked on doors and we got jobs. And we were out there. 
And it took us a lot longer to do the lawns because we didn't have the mower, the, 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 the engine. But we got the thing done. I think we charged four or five bucks, whatever it was. I don't remember what it was. And then we split the difference. You know, five bucks back in those days, that's you know, pretty good money in the late 70s, early 80s. That's good money. And so, and so uh, we, 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 we were in business together doing that. And sometimes we get stiff. Bless this little lady's heart. She didn't know. She, I guess she didn't understand. And she goes, well, boys, that's a nice job you did there. Well, why don't you come in here for a second? Oh, no, what are you going to come in here for? Just pay us, you know. Come on here. I made you a nice tuna fish sandwich. We didn't want to. I didn't even like tuna fish back then, praise God. I want to get paid. Amen. And, you know, we were too embarrassed to say anything, so we just blessed her with it. Amen. We shook, look, we did shoveling jobs. We shook, they, they say, well, we don't want, we're good, but um, I got a, um, my teenage boy's going to be here in a little hill. I said, well, well, them bushes over there, they, they got a lot of snow on them. You can't keep them, that snow will break all those branches. Well, we'll shake those bushes for 50 cents. All right, shake the bush. And we, we shook bushes. I was a little entrepreneur guy, praise God. But I never was broke because I was willing to sow seeds, something small. What most people saw was no potential, my elbow grease. Come on, somebody. My elbow grease was my seed. Amen. I learned that when I was a kid. Church, everything we need in this church is already in this church. When we said we need those cameras, aren't you glad that we heard the Lord to get those cameras? We didn't know that months later we would be, who knew that the doors of the church would have to close? Thank God we can come into people's homes today. Amen. And we're building an incredible online campus too. Some of y'all need to come back though. Hallelujah. Amen. It's okay. You're COVID free. Amen. In Jesus' name. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. That we went and said this is what we need. And God bless us. I'll never forget. I had to stand before the church and say we got enough. Don't need to give anymore. Thank you for what you've done. We paid for it over $10,000 more than we needed. That money went to pay other things. Praise God. We had it to do it. Amen. There's a miracle in the house. There's a miracle in your house. Just like the woman in 2 Kings. It may look like nothing. It may look insignificant. But you've got to see the potential. When you release it from your hand and give it to God, he does the miracle. The man of God told the woman to go borrow vessels. And not a few. Not a few. Get your faith out there. This church is here today because seed was sown before it ever existed. My wife and I, before we even knew that we'd ever start a church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, of all places, never was going to come here, never had any idea. Thank God we love it. We're, we, this is our home. We love it. But we didn't know we were coming here back in, we first started in 1989 in ministry. We had no clue. But what we did was, whatever we could do, my folks, we worked for my folks, but most of you people know that, in, in ministry, and whatever we could do is what we did. So my wife ran the children's ministry. And then we both ran the youth ministry together. And then I did the music ministry. And then I did the drama ministry. And then I did all the preaching stuff and did funerals. And I did, I did all the weddings. And I, and I mean, I did the school of ministry. And I, everything that we were required, we did bathroom duty. We did the bathroom. We cleaned bathrooms. Not, nothing. We don't even feel bad about that. It was an honor to work for God in whatever capacity God wanted us to work in. What were we doing? We were sowing seed. We were doing everything in a church so we would understand how a church should function when it was time, our time to, to plant one. And I'll go, I go back to our first home that we, we sold, and we made $10,000 on that house. And instantly, we were raising money for chairs at the church. 
We needed chairs. So we, we, just, we just built the first phase of the building. Sat about 120 people, but we needed to pay for the chairs. How much was the chairs? $10,000. I knew the moment we sold that house, or sold that, house that with the profit was not our profit. It was to go to pay for those chairs. I remember saying to my dad, here's the money for the chairs. I remember saying to me, uh, son, can I talk to you? And he got nervous he, because he was my dad. And, and he, he wasn't the pastor right then and there. You know, pastors are quick to grab that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God is good. Hallelujah. Put it in the bank real quick. Hallelujah. That's how most great pastors are. But he wasn't like that. He was like, son, you know, you sure you heard the Lord? Maybe give half, you know. You know, he was thinking I'm getting, I'm getting kind of crazy. Like, I'm, just, I'm all in. I'm going to do whatever, God, and whatever I think is God. And he didn't know if it was God or not. I said, Dad, I've heard the Lord. I'm supposed to pay for this. This is what happened. He said, okay. Praise God. And now I know why. I didn't know the day would come that God would trust me with a microphone to have people come and sit in chairs one day in my own house that God would call us to build. See, God will see if you're willing to sow the seed when nobody else really knows anything. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, God has reminded me of that over and over. And by the way, 10000 bucks back in 1991 would it be about double that now. 20000 bucks for a 23-year-old kid who probably, I needed the money, hallelujah. I just had our, our son was like one years old. Amen. But God knew. And the rest is, and we have, honey, have we ever missed a beat? And more than money. Look at my children. They're both serving God. They're both in the ministry. No scandals. No issues. They're healthy. They're sound. I got two beautiful grandchildren right in the front row of my church. You talk about a legacy. We're living this stuff. This is a reality for us. We know how it works. Give God what he wants. He'll give you what you want. Somebody say amen. We had a dream from God. And here it is today. It stands right here. Right? You're sitting in the dream that we had over 20 years ago because of the seed I would say this way. I would say this. The dream today is because the seed we were willing to sow yesterday. So what are you willing to sow today that your future needs from you when you get there? By the way, and I close with this, how do you know you have a dream from God? Number one, when it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you can handle. You need to need God. Number two, if you can't let it go, you can't shake it. Yes, you're afraid. Yes, you're nervous, but you just can't let it go. You just know God is in it. And number three, you know I have a dream from God when you're willing to risk the little that you have, what you do have, for what God wants from you. Two fish, five loaves seems so insignificant to feed 10,000 plus people. And then not only did it feed 10,000 plus people, but they gathered up 12 baskets full. You know the little boy that gave his lunch that day to feed a multitude of people that Jesus took and broke and blessed. And then they went out by faith and began distributed among the people. And it just was like the oil. It never ran out until every single person was fed and taken care of. But I look at that, those 12 baskets that were taken up. There was 12 full baskets of fish and bread. That was the reward That was the harvest that was given back to the little boy who gave us two fish and five loaves. The little we give today can feed a multitude of people in our city. Those are given online, same thing true for you. It can feed multitudes of people in your community and city. And I'm here to tell you that the reward is that you receive a harvest as well. 